Okay, hey guys, my name is Jay. We have an amazing pod uh, lined up for you today. But before we start, I'd just like to request if any any of you would like to support this podcast by some little money, as little as a dollar, yeah, it would be much appreciated. Hi guys, my name is Kalen. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabil. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kind of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Um, obviously, I think Amrit just basically sent us a voice message on Anchor, um, and that's why basically he connected with us. And um, we, we usually say that you can send us messages basically if you can get us on WhatsApp, on Twitter, or Instagram, etc. But you can also send voice messages via Anchor, and um, you can request to come onto the podcast if you are into that. Basically, this is actually big news, and this actually this is a topic that Linus will be very interested in speaking on. Um, I mean, I have many friends who actually um, prefer Messi over Cristiano Ronaldo, but the news, um, basically today is Friday, so by the time you hear this, it will be Saturday. The news is Messi will not be rejoining Barcelona, and um, the news came out um, Thursday night. Um, so basically, he has left Barcelona after a 21-year um, career at the club. Um, obviously, he's 34 now. Um, basically, put away 672 goals in 778 games. Man, this is this is this is actually big news, man. Linus, do you want to break this down? Um, basically, what what's going on with the Messi situation? Um, so first off, I'll start with something I've said before. Barcelona have been broke through the window, and this come to as no surprise to anyone who's been following football. And so what La Liga does usually to uh, the own form of FFP, if you like, is by at the beginning of every season, they value each squad and they, they look at the squad finances. And then by that, uh, inform a squad how much money they could actually spend on a transfer budget or how much budget they could actually spend on a team. And so Barcelona haven't been doing great over the past uh, two years. Uh, for example, in 2019-20, the value, the budget was 671 million euros. Uh, this season, it's speculated that it's about 130, 140. There is about, and so you see, it's a big hit. And that's why when they talk about structural issues, it's basically um, Barcelona have been trying to reach an agreement with La Liga, with um, the president at La Liga, uh, and they're trying to say turn a blind eye to this so that we can at least have Messi on our books and you know everyone wins because losing Messi La Liga, La Liga already lost one one great and now losing yeah. another could actually you know it could, it, could, it, could, it could spell disaster for the league but yeah, yeah I mean Barcelona Barcelona knew this was coming which which is which is surprising because we also mentioned about their signings the signings whom I don't think they've been registered yet because they still are, they still are, they still need to shift people in order to register someone new or or alternatively and register players who are already at the club so that they could shift they could uh, put in the new signings. But uh, from the way it looks, I think Barcelona are calling La Liga's bluff, and we, we you know we'll see how it develops. But again, yeah. if if Messi does get to leave, then yeah, there should be a few clubs out there interested in his services yeah man um basically basically um that is basically the, the breakdown man nice job liners um basically there's there's, there's, a, there's a i think there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a scaffold between la liga and basically the two biggest clubs in spain la liga and madrid and barcelona obviously um the after this is i think the aftermath of the european super league fiasco obviously it seems like barcelona and, and real madrid are still in the conversation for the super league along with the ventures but um basically a Liga president here via tebas um is in a very difficult situation obviously the the restructure the structural issues at la liga are there for a reason and they're they're actually very sound um this is i think 
Barcelona and Madrid are just clubs that have been mishandled. And um, that same Thursday, um, I think Barcelona and Real Madrid were the only two La Liga clubs that were against um, a move by basically a, a, a company that wanted to buy a stake in La Liga, a 10% stake in La Liga. And Madrid and Barcelona are the only teams that actually came out and said, no, we are not agreeing to this. This is this shouldn't work, etc., etc. Um, obviously, Barcelona president um, Jean Laporta actually came out and said that um, he had to, he had to agree to a deal that would affect Barcelona for 50 years, um, 50 years down the line, man. And obviously, reinstating that Barcelona is a club that has been in existence for 100 years. Obviously, it's bigger than the club, it's bigger than the staff, it's bigger than him, it's bigger than obviously the greatest player um, in his eyes, Lionel Messi. And um, he, he basically thought that was a very big decision to make on behalf of Barcelona. But obviously, Linus has mentioned something, and I'll throw this at Amrik, man. This is actually, um, basically, I think this will change La Liga, um, obviously, forever. Um, but obviously, they have lost Cristiano Ronaldo, man. For a long time, La Liga was Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi, obviously, Madrid versus Barcelona. Um, Amrik, what do you think will be the repercussions, man? Um, basically, what repercussions on the business side um, should we see basically affecting La Liga? Um, now that Messi, um, it seems, won't be playing in the league. And um, what what do you think also will happen with the financial dynamic in Barcelona now that their biggest asset will be walking down the, out the door? Yeah, so just as you have put it, yeah, we all know at the end of the day this is just politics, you know, because if, if the Super League discussion were, were not there in the first place. We all know that Tebas and Laporta could have, struck, could have struck a deal to keep Messi in the league. Because, as we can remember last year, when Messi wanted to leave Barcelona, Tebas was on record saying that it's not possible. So, my view is that this is just politics. They are trying to hurt Madrid and Barcelona. And they may, they may get their way with Barcelona, but with Madrid, I think, the way Perez has run that club, I don't think there's much financial trouble like Barcelona, you know, because with Perez, he has always been putting the club first. Yeah, he doesn't like to be bullied by players, you know. For example, he just let Ronaldo go. This season, he has told Ralph the same. He has told Varane the same. So, he's not a guy <clears throat> who if I can put it this way, he's not a guy who involves a lot of emotions when it comes to business. And just like he likes keep just like he likes to stay it all the time, Poibit is always my first and then the players second. So I think Barcelona are in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Please speaking, I don't know how they'll get out of this. The damage <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think they will be able to register the players at that time. Yeah, the financial, the financial damage done by Bartomeu for me was just too much. Yeah, man. Obviously, former former chairman Barcelona Bartomeu actually. Um, I think I think also Laporta had some words to say about him. Obviously, I think the, I think there's a there's a big mess in Barcelona. Um, their debt is over a billion. Um, in in actually in euros, um, in pounds, it's something close to 849, 850 million of money. Um, Laporta actually said that the salary situation is 110% of the total income of the club. So you're wondering if you're playing, if you're paying players 110% of what the club is earning. And obviously that's, um, basically that's the staff at Barcelona. So basically there's operating um, expenses as well. So there's a lot of um, financial mismanagement um, within the club. Um, I think I think this is this is a sticky situation. And like you just said, obviously there's a, there's some politics involved. Um, Linus, basically, do you think is Barcelona playing a game with La Liga to see who falls first, man? Um, obviously, both parties, both Barcelona and La Liga, need Messi um, basically to play basically for them um, because the amount of financial um, basically power that Messi has. Um, do you think this is a case of who falls first, or um, do you think this is the end of um, this scuffle? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Barcelona just trying to see if they could twist 
uh, the La Liga, uh, La Liga, and and have them submit to their demands because you see how they're wording it. They're saying, you know, we want the player to stay. The player wants to stay, but it's La Liga painting La Liga as the villain, as the antagonist of this entire scenario. So yeah, it, that that's 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 what they're playing at, I believe. But then again, you think if not then what else can they do? I mean, they do have to comply with whatever the regulations are. And if not, then Messi is not their player. So, yeah, but yeah, man. We'll obviously, yeah, man, obviously there's still a while to go before the transfer window closes on August 31st. So this may rumble on until the end of the month. Obviously, it's still early times. It's still the start of August. Um, I, I think there's there's some people, obviously some people in the media that are still um, confident that Messi will actually play for Barcelona um, again I think that I think there's there's two options here either either one um, either Messi decides to, ne- to negotiate a deal um, that actually restructures his salary to come at a later time after basically Barcelona sort out the mess that is is within the club or deal two or option two that La Liga actually falls and like um, becomes a, a little bit loose with the with the with the restructuring um, regulations that they have in place. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of teams that basically would love to Leo Messi to play for them. Um, we've seen basically the the I think the banter I can say so on Twitter and basically on Instagram everywhere. I think also AFC Leopards um, tweeted uh, tweeted that they wanted to sign Leo Messi, which was mad. Um, some teams in the NFL like Chicago Bears, I think the, the, their fans made memes also of Messi playing quarterback for them. Some basically NHL clubs as well. Um, but just on the real man memes aside um which clubs man do you think do you think basically are are, are in the are in the seat basically for for for, for leo messi if he, if he walks out of barcelona i only see him ending up in one club and it's psg i don't think city would be in for him because we all know pep loves him but i think pep also knows that each him coming to City right now will upset a lot of things and I think the only thing they need right now is a strike after they have signed really. So Juventus, that's another broke club. I mean they can't even afford to sign Locatelli right now so there's no way he's going there. And for Chelsea, mm-hmm. well I think Chelsea may not be that interested in Messi because they need somebody up front to play with Van. So their targets right now will be maybe Haaland or Lukaku so for me it's only one club PSG and just I think it was just today that Poch mentioned something about he hinted that they are in for Messi and they've already started discussions so yeah yeah man yeah obviously Paris Saint-Germain um actually the favorites at the moment actually Fabrizio Romano has been tweeting about this this afternoon Paris Saint-Germain um, are now progressing in direct negotiations to sign Leo Messi um, obviously Fabrizio confirmed that they have been pushing since the news broke out yesterday um, that Messi won't be returning to Barcelona um, they're saying that they are feeling very confident um, and it seems like City are still quiet on that like you mentioned um, their focus is on Hurricane and the situation that's developing there um, with their need for a striker. And it is understood that Neymar is actually working as an agent on in pushing this deal for, for Paris Saint-Germain. So it seems like PSG are more of the confident side, um, the favorites. Um, like you just mentioned, Poch just um, was obviously was, was speaking up um, ahead of their preseason match against Troyes, um, saying that they know what happened um, yesterday between Messi and Barcelona. But I'm reiterating that they are fully focused on on basically beating Troyes. Obviously, he said that um, Nasser, who is the chairman for PSG, working hard to improve the team. So Messi adding to PSG is an improvement to the team. So that might happen. Um, yeah. yeah, basically that might happen. Another team, but that basically was linked um, to Messi, um, Argentinian side Newell's Old Boys. That's an option for him. Obviously, he's loved in his native native Argentina um, and the MLS man. So um, those are still options for Messi on the table. And like a little bit last year, we were speaking about Messi going to play in the US um, as a as a owner player. Basically, you can you can buy some stake in a, in an MLS side and also play for the side. That's also an option for him. 
Um, but it seems like at the moment PSG is leading the race. And um, basically, Linus, man, I, I think Amrik prefers PSG, man. Where where do you think Messi will end up um, at the end of at the end of it all? I think he's still playing in Barcelona colors. So because <laughs> even you know, given the money PSG has, when you look at his contract, even after the 50% cut that he was willing to take at Barcelona. It's still a lot of money. It's still, you know, it's not changes you want to carry around. And okay, fine. PSG can, you know, do have such finances. And I know this season, uh, FFP rules, the UFFP rules will be more lenient. But still, I think I think it remains at Barcelona. And if not, then probably retires from football. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, just to add on that, I think um, this whole Messi issue is going to create a transfer, a transfer series, you know, because Mbappe, Mbappe has also refused to renew with PSG, and we all know the club that came from Mbappe, yeah. So I don't think PSG will allow Mbappe to leave for free. So this is just my take. I think Mbappe will end up at Madrid, and then Messi will end up at PSG. Wow, man. Um, Amrik just coming out with the mad predictions. Bang, bang, man. Obviously, we love predictions on the third world perspective. Drum roll. Basically, you're predicting that Mbappe will end up at Barcelona. Madrid, Madrid. At Madrid. And um, Messi will end up in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. I might give you one. I might give you um, Mbappe actually going to Madrid. Um, but Messi going to Paris is a big ask. Obviously, there's a lot of ifs there. But we love predictions of the third world perspective, man. Actually, that got me a little bit fired up. Um, let me just tell you guys what, um, if you're listening to the pod, let me just tell you guys um, what Pep Guardiola was saying um, this afternoon. Obviously, he's speaking in, their press, in a press conference ahead of um, City's Community Shield game against Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Football is back, man. Uh, community Shield tomorrow. Um, Pep was, was asked regarding Leo Messi. He said, quote, right now it is not on our thoughts. Um, so the fact that Fabrizio just said City are still quiet on Messi, um, it seems like at the moment um, they're not considering um, Leo Messi. Um, Amrik also confirmed that basically they don't, um, City, City are not in for Messi. It seems like he's not a, their priority this summer. Perhaps last summer, but a lot has changed in a year, and it seems like Messi is not their priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think I think last year Messi was their priority, but yeah. based on how that season panned out, I think Pep has realized that in order to win the Champions League, he needs a full squad, you know. Mm. You know, like now, let's say for example they sign Messi. Yeah, if Messi goes to Man City, he's going there to play as a false nine. But they already have so many people that can play as a false nine. What yeah. Man City needs right now is a striker. Yeah, a complete yeah. striker, and, and that's why yeah. they are after Harry Kane. So I think Kane will be their priority. That's the yeah. Yeah. yeah, obviously, obviously, um, speaking of Manchester City. Um, basically, Pep was crying his eyes out when Sergio Aguero was leaving, um, saying that Sergio Aguero cannot be replaced. We have all seen the memes. Um, actually, they are very, they are very funny, man. But um, they have just splashed 100 million pounds on Jack Grealish, um, making him the most expensive player in British history. Um, obviously, that happened before the Messi the Messi news came out. Um, basically, yesterday afternoon. Um, it's, it, it, it has been 42 years after Trevor Francis actually became the first um, one million pound player. Um, basically, I think 1979 it was. So we have a 100 million pound British player. Um, Jack Grealish basically um, paid for a lot of money. Um, he has been at Aston Villa for 19 years, man. He's 25 years old now, and he could make his Manchester City debut in the Community Shield tomorrow at Wembley against Leicester. Um, basically, Linus, man, because um, this is this is actually a, a place that basically I think you thrive a lot. Um, do you think City overpaid for Jack Grealish? Because it seems like 100 million pounds is a lot of money, man. Even Man United have a, have a lot of money, but they didn't pay 100 million pounds for Sancho. 
Yeah, I mean, I I still you know you know I'm I'm not I'm not, I'm not a fan of Grealish. I rather not. I I really don't see what people see in Grealish. Uh, hundred is okay. Did they ever pay? Yes, but you must remember he has this homegrown status, which in, which means that English players tend to have the values inflated. So yeah, I think given how the market has gone, if if as you said, Sancho is seventy million, you know, Harry Maguire is eighty million, then really it makes sense for him to be a hundred million pounds. But I really don't think they should have paid that much, regardless. Yeah, uh, he's now a city player. Um, I'm looking forward to see the, the season he'll have and who he'll dethrone in that midfield or wherever he plays. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I really don't see why why you'd spend money on on Jack. Why you'd spend that kind of money, on Jack Relish, knowing that, especially the his well, already have. I want to say I have better players. You know, uh, okay. Yeah. It, it really, I really don't get why why Man City did uh, did this deal, but maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong at the end of the season. Yeah, man. Um, basically, it's it's, it's tricky, right? <laughs> it's it's different right now, man. Um, regarding the business that City is actually doing, Pep was speaking actually um, to, this afternoon. He was saying that they paid forty million pounds for Jack Grealish, saying that it's hundred million. But 60 they won last season, so it seems like um, they used part part of the money that they earned last season to to bring him. So he said it's 40 million. Um, actually, I think I think the fact that people people say that Pep buys players, Pep just buys trophies, um, got to him. That's why I think he commented that. Um, but Amrik man, Linus has yeah. a very good point. Um, basically, where does Jack Grealish feature in this city side, man? Because they are stacked on every position. I think every position has two or three players that can play that position. But where does Jack Grealish feature? And um, do you think it's weird now that because he's a, a 100 million pound player, that um, a 100 million pound player should not sit on the bench, man? Yeah. Okay. Here's my take. I think City desperately needed a player like Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to play from the left, where mm-hmm. Sterling will dominantly plays. And you know the thing is, we all know last season Sterling had a really poor season. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. So what Pep wants is a player who is explosive on the wing, and who also can take good care of the ball because that's that's Pep Guardiola's philosophy. You have to be good on the ball, you have to be versatile, and you have to take care of the ball. So the only thing that Sterling has in him is that explosive move of space. But he's a bit careless with the ball. And that's why in the tail end of last season, he found himself on the bench a lot. So in my opinion, Jack Grealish is going to be playing off the left wing. And the Brainer will be playing as a fault nine. That is if they don't get paid. And Murray will be playing in from the right. So that's how I see them playing. Yeah, man. I think I think there's there's talk that um, Sterling might play as a false nine. Obviously, the option of Kevin De Bruyne playing as a false nine is still available for Pep Guardiola. Um, but you mentioned that um, Jack Grealish is explosive, man. Jack Grealish is not explosive at all. Jack Grealish obviously it takes really good okay. care of the ball, but okay. Um, okay. in terms of explosiveness, I don't think so. Okay, let, let me put it this way: he has yeah. that ability to. This I'm not saying he's facing. Mm-hmm. But he has this burst of space, of space, you know. That, yeah. That that's why he gets past people easily, you know. That he's a good dribbler of the ball, you know. Yeah. He's just like Foden. It's not that they are pacey, but they yeah. have this. They can just get out of. They can just dip out from opponent easily. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that he's pacey <laughs> like Sterling. Yeah, I'm just saying that yeah. He, yeah, he has yeah. this burst of space in him. Yeah, man. Yeah, obviously, obviously, I think, I, I think, I think he might play um, anywhere in that midfield except the number eight role. Um, I think, I think, um, Pep will rotate him however he likes. Obviously, it will be very difficult to create a position for him to play in, considering that Pep doesn't play with an out-and-out attacking midfielder. So it seems like um, Pep reverting to a four-two-three-one is unlikely because he likes he prefers a four-three-three, a four-one-four-one. Um, but 
there were some fans who actually bought Jack Grealish shirts, man, this 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 year. Um, it seems like they they'll be disappointed. I think Aston Villa has offered an opportunity for a shirt exchange to those supporters who purchased um, Grealish's um, basically shirt this year. Um, obviously, Aston Villa have, have gone ahead and bought players like Leon Bailey, Danny Ings. I think that their business has been um, basically spectacular um, this 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 um, basically this summer. Um, basically, Linus, man, do you think wh- where does this leave Aston Villa, man? Obviously, they have lost their talisman, um, someone who is actually they have lost their captain as well, someone who is actually the face of a club, man. Where does this leave Aston Villa? I think it leaves them a hundred million richer. That's one, <laughs> and also, I, I don't think they'll struggle as much without Grealish. I probably you might even see a different Villa side now. Uh, if you can remember when, when Villa were missing Grealish, they still were able to put in some performances. When the whole team would step up, you are only Watkins. You know, you've mentioned their new signings in Leon Bailey. And not forget Emi Buendia, who, you know, has that spark, that similar, has, has that spark similar to what uh, Grealish can offer. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see them doing worse off or uh, than they did last season. I expect them to, you know, be... Uh, at the same place where they were, or even slightly better, depending on how this this needs um, adapt to this new change. Yeah, obviously, obviously, there um, there have been some changes at the club now. Jack Grealish is not in the club. Um, obviously, John Terry left his role as assistant head coach. Um, so there's also that, and like you just mentioned, obviously Amy Buendia was wanted by Arsenal. Obviously Ambrick supports Arsenal. They wanted was wanted by Arsenal at, um, at some point. It seems like you preferred Birmingham to London. Um, so there's also there's also the the tiny bit of business that they did that actually no one in the UK media actually caught up on. Um, they obviously bought Danny Ings. Danny Ings, it seems, um, basically on stats alone, he has been the fourth best player on goals alone after since 2019 i think i think ken and salah have the most goals and then vardy and then danny ing so this they have a proven goal scorer in the premier league uh, that they have just acquired from southampton so there's also that for Aston villa and not to mention the players that they still have players like Oli watkins um players that are nice players like Bertrand taore um those are players that are still good um obviously i think now it means that Mings will actually take the leadership role within the club, so that's that's a plus for Aston Villa. For me, I think I think they might struggle, um, albeit slightly. I think I think we might see Aston Villa actually finishing 12th or 11th or 13th this year. Um, after that, I think I think I think they'll they might perhaps um, become a regular mid-table side. Obviously, they finished in the top 10 last season, but. I think I think they might slightly struggle. Obviously, losing a player like Jack Grealish is is immense for a football club of their si- of their size. Um, but a question for you, Ambrick, because this is this is actually a super team that Pep is building in Manchester. Um, obviously, the with the addition of Grealish, you can actually have eleven players on the on the on the field and on the pitch, and have eleven players on the bench. Um, but basically, if Paris sign Leo Messi, in addition to the other free agents that they have acquired, including Donnarumma, who is 24 years old, Sergio Ramos, and Gini Wijnaldum, um, and the squad that City is building in Manchester, Pep is building in Manchester, um, which team will be the scarier of the two, man? Um, PSG or City? Yeah, I would go City because City have the better coach. I really don't trust. Okay, you know both clubs, they are signing like this with one aim. They all want to win the Champions League, right? Mm-hmm. That's their major aim. But I, when you compare the two managers, it will come down to the manager, in my opinion. And in my opinion, yeah. Pepe is a better manager than Pochettino. So I'll be much more scared of Man City than PSG. Yeah, even PSG, you won't be scared of PSG with Leo Messi. I think there's Argentinian ties there with between him and Pochettino also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, you can assemble a team full of stars just like they are doing, but if you can't coordinate them and make them play together, yeah. Which I think Pochettino will struggle with a little. You yeah. know, Pep is used to this, Pep is used to managing superstars. So yeah. 
I think even Grealish coming in, if they sign Kane, they will just integrate quickly. But with Pochettino, I mean, getting Messi, Neymar, who else do they have? Is about to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ramos is also there. Okay, you can say they have a good defense, but the attack is also good, but it remains to be seen if the system will be good. You know, Pep has been with these players for like four years now. He's just yeah. studied yeah. really and maybe came. So I think they will have more team chemistry and mm. they are uh, they are hungry to win the big one, the big years, the Champions League. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, obviously, um, like you just mentioned, I think Harry Kane is still an option. And um, Harry Kane is actually um, a, a little bit, I think, in the same situation with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Um, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of tension between Harry Kane and Tottenham Football Club at the moment. I think him and Daniel Levy will not be having any dinners anytime soon. Um, Harry Kane has not turned up for training at all this week. Um, Obviously, he's agitating a move away from the club. We know he handed in that um, basically transfer request. Um, I think he has he has three years left within the club. Um, obviously, this is North London side, North London business. Um, obviously, we, we have two North London sides, but Linus is um, basically our our expert when it comes to Tottenham. Um, basically. Would you think this will happen, man? Because it seems like City are ready to basically break out the bank for Hurricane. Um, but the problem is Daniel Levy does not want to negotiate. He's insisting that Hurricane is unsellable. Um, it seems like he's not ready to come onto the table. Um, what do you think will happen here, Linus? Um, well, going on what has happened in the past, you know Levy never likes to sell to English clubs. Yeah, you look back at you know Luka Modric uh, uh, when he was linked with Chelsea. Uh, we saw Levy even at the time he missed training and wanted to force a move, but Levy you know just talked him into staying another year and having him leave for Real Madrid. And I think that's what will happen. I think well the valuation that Levy has of Kane and the money Man City are willing to put out uh, might not meet, and so. Levy might, you know, find a way because Kane is still under contract at the end of the day, and yeah. he needs to, you know, abide by his contract, or else, you know, there may be issues of litigation. But yeah, I think I think he stays for another season, and probably when a foreign club comes in for him, then might leave then. But you know, no, if, no matter how many sessions he misses, I think I don't think it will be enough, especially in, for in his case, with a three-year contract still in place. Yeah, I yeah. think I think he's safe. Yeah, man, it's it will be very difficult for him to actually leave North London at the moment because he's there is their only savior, and there's 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 been a lot of I think most people are overlooked. Obviously, the, the talk is Manchester City, um, Tottenham Football Club, Daniel Levy and Harry Kane. And those are the big names surrounding this story. But most people are actually overlooking the fact that Nuno Espirito Santo is the manager now. And um, for a manager who is actually coming into a new club and you're meeting drama from basically last season, drama that you didn't help create. Up until this moment, Harry Kane has not um, met with Nuno Espirito Santo. He has, it, it seems like at this moment, he has not yet called him. And um, obviously, he's the talisman. Obviously, he has he has a leadership role. I know he's not the captain at the club, but he has a leadership role within the club. And um, this is actually a situation that, as a new manager, you don't want to um, basically go into a club and basically see and basically have to deal with. Obviously, he was being asked questions the other day, I think before his preseason game, I think with Chelsea, I think it was. And um, he basically, you, you, you could feel actually sorry for Nuno Espirito Santo because this basically this situation has nothing to do with him. And basically it has everything to do with him because um, it's, it's, the media wants to know what he thinks. The media wants to know if the club has communicated anything to him. So it's very difficult for Nuno at the moment. Um, but Pep was also asked about Ken. I think we have spoken about City a lot today. This is actually very weird. A few, I think a few, a few years ago, we'd be talking about Man United this much, not Manchester City. This is how far Man United has fallen, actually. <laughs> um, but Pep has said this afternoon that if Tottenham don't want to negotiate, it is finished. 
Um, he has gone ahead to say that Harry Kane is an, is an extraordinary striker and he confirmed that Manchester City are interested in him. Amrik Man, where do you think Kane will play um, basically in a week from now? Where do you think Kane will play? Okay, I can't make a prediction because we all know how difficult Daniel Levy is to deal with, but if we compare, it just give me the chance to compare Aston Villa and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. So, in my view, you can see that Aston Villa were prepared to lose Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even before Grealish left, they had already signed Buendia. Yeah, and okay. at that time, I can even remember that they were chasing Emil Mikso. And the Villa fans were so, they were so confident on Twitter that they are signing Emil Mikso. And I, I had a few run-ins with them and I was telling them that your club is just well run. They are prepared to lose Jack Grealish, and that's why they're signing in Gwendia, that's why they've signed Bailey, and that's why they've signed Daniel. Now, coming back to Tottenham, you can see this is a club that's not prepared to lose anything. <laughs> yeah. This is just a badly run club, if I can put it that way, because Ken already communicated to them, even before he went to the Euros, that he wants to leave. But with the way things are turning out, I think Levy is not prepared to lose him. And mm-hmm. I know he has quoted City silly money, something like on 60 million. So and I don't think Pep and City Group will be will be willing to meet that valuation. So to side with Linus, I can also see Ken staying at Tottenham unless they unless Levy something something miraculous happens to Daniel Levy and he loses it. He eases his stance. Yeah. yeah man i think i think in terms of management um i think i can agree with you on that um obviously um part of the problems that they still have um for me i think i think Daniel levy actually make a made a big blunder um basically sucking pochettino and um, pochettino was the face of tottenham man and like pochettino mm-hmm. is a very good manager obviously got them to their very to their very first champions league final um was unlucky to, to lose it basically to a, to a penalty within the first five minutes and to another goal basically um against a very good liverpool side but um i think i think i think um he made a mistake um actually sacking pochettino that's why um there's there's a problem there also um that's why you cannot afford to basically lose his talisman because the, the number of fans that actually watch um, Tottenham games, including myself, I actually watch Tottenham games because of Harry Kane and Son Heung-min. And mm. Son being the only, I think, face of the club um, will not actually persuade most fans to actually watch Tottenham games. And we, that might affect the revenue. We know Tottenham are the, the second most, I think, um, the second highest in terms of credit um, in the Premier League from United. Obviously, United is one of the worst uh, managed clubs in the world. Um, but Tottenham have a, a second highest, um, basically, debt after Man United because of their, I think, because of their stadium, um, a newly built um, world-class stadium. Um, mm. But a little bit of, of business um, this summer, they have signed, obviously, a centre-back, Christian Romero. Um, he has completed his 47 million pound move to Tottenham Football Club. Um, he's 23 years old, Argentinian. Um, Basically, Linus, the, the first game that you guys are playing, um, you guys are playing against Manchester City. Um, I think you're hosting them. Um, do you think, basically, do you think that City, but that you guys are in a position to be successful this year? Um, because it seems like at the moment there's a lot of turmoil regarding Tottenham. Well, you have to first of all ask yourself what will you consider a successful season? I think if we, you know, probably get in. To the, to the top four, yeah, it could be successful, or even the Europa at this point, because yeah, you, know, if you yeah. take what you get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really don't know what, what to expect, especially I don't know what system Nuno uh, wants to use. I don't know if Hurricane will still be a player, uh, still whether or not there'll be new incomings, whether or not there'll be outgoings. And there's still a lot in the air that I can't really tell you how or rather what to expect from our season. But mm-hmm. uh, in regards to the Romero transfer, I think I think it's it's a 
positive it's positive news you know given the whole ken debacle it's positive he's a talented defender sorry let's check out he's a talented defender yeah. uh Cristiano Romero yes a talented defender uh once Syria defender of the year last season which given he was up against uh you know the likes of Milan Skriniar who's a favorite for for the, you know is a favorite for us um and you think you know uh in a league that's held for its defenders i think i think he has what it takes to be our okay and i'll say this blasphemously to be our budget van dyke you know that that person who will really show us show us show show our defense up because we were leaky last season and he could he could he could prove that plug and probably see where where we can go from there yeah man um obviously i think i think your defense actually needs a, a little bit of improvement i think um davinson sanchez is actually on the roster um i think not on the roster but basically has been put onto the market um i think tottenham are ready to listen for offers to offers for him um the, the only question is if those offers will come because I, he's, he's not a good player um but speaking of center backs taking center backs and going back to manchester um rafael varan's visa has been processed and is in manchester as we speak um ahead of finalizing his move to man united from real madrid obviously the fee um termed in the papers is 41 million pounds including add-ons um the 28 year old basically will self-isolate before undergoing his medical and the deal is likely to be completed by the middle of next week um it seems like um basically man united are doing some things um it seems like um varan or sancho will not basically play in the pre-season friendly against everton um i think ole gunnar solskjaer actually just confirmed that the these two players basically he has not seen them in training he doesn't know what they like what they are like but they'll be i think they'll be healthy enough to be on the bench um in the first game against leeds um i think i think the, the brexit issue we are t- we're starting to see it at the moment obviously um uk did the actually exited the european union there's a whole story there um but i think the reason for the stall of varan's um arrival at old trafford has been obviously due to quarantine rules and paperwork issues caused by brexit um varan actually played 350 games for real madrid um winning 18 major trophies that is absolutely mad and um obviously is a perennial trophy winner so that actually adds to the locker room of man united um but amrik man obviously you're an arsenal fan and um i need you to be subjective on this one um mm-hmm. i think you can be objective if you want also um but basically mm-hmm. do you think rafael varan is actually a good addition for, for for man united and comparatively to ben white man who's the better signing Okay, so <laughs> yeah putting you on the spot actually yeah you're putting me on a tough spot here but i will answer it in two ways in the short term mm-hmm. obviously varan is the better saying because he's coming in with a lot of experience he's a world cup winner he's won the champions league yeah but so on the short term varan looks the better signing but on the long term i think ben white will be the better sign you know right now ben white doesn't have a cv but i think he's the right profile of player that ateta wanted to add at arsenal because he has good ball playing ability and that's something we really lacked last season when david luiz was not playing so i think he fills a very big role or hole that arsenal had last season as for varane to my united Well, we can also say that he filled that big hole that United had because United basically had two slow centre-backs, that is Maguire and Lindelof. So, and, and Lindelof was also not that good on the air, he was easily being bullied and things like that. So, Varane going to my United, he brings them pace on that back line and a little bit of height and aggressiveness. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think both signings are what both clubs need right now. Yeah, yeah man. Obviously, um way to keep it objective, man. That was actually a very good. I, I agree with you. I think I think on the I think on the, on the short term um it works really well for United. I don't prefer I think on the long term it's a poor deal. Um but um on the short term it works for us because 
Um, I think all he, all he needs to save his job because in a year, um, if he hasn't won a single trophy, a year, a year and a half he hasn't won a single trophy, it's, it'll be, it'll not be nice, man. Um, basically, happy times for him. Um, yeah, I like Ben White. Um, I pre- actually prefer him. I actually preferred him basically as a centre back to to Rafael Varane. But we'll take what we get, man. Obviously, um, the scouting at Man United they're not as as basically as smart as we are. But um, they decided to go with Varane, so that's that's a move that they they prefer. Um, but Man United aside, other news: um, Chelsea actually are ready are prepared to offer 130 million pounds. 130 million pounds. You guys should underline 130 million pounds because that's a lot of money. Chelsea are prepared to offer 130 million pounds to bring Lukaku back to the Stamford Bridge um, after they actually let him go. Um, basically. Um, they're ready to bring him to the bridge, man. Linus, man, your thoughts on this? Obviously, there's been a lot of money in the in the win the summer transfer window, but how mad is this? Ah, it's not mad at all. Chelsea have been looking for a striker. Uh, we know they've been linked with Kane, Alan Haaland, and now Lukaku. I mean, it's it's what you expect. He's been one of the uh, top strikers in European football since he left Manchester United. Uh, clearly, was a bit was a big contributor to Inter's win of Serie A last season. And he's looking like a proper player, a player who has experience in, in this league. I, you know, he won't be a, he won't be a gamble as such because uh, he has experience, the prior experience. And uh, yeah, 130, 130 seems fair. And it looks like he might actually move because Inter are looking as if they sell all the best players given that Conte has now left, a players like Hakimi left also for PSG. Yeah. So, yeah, to Chelsea's, I mean, as much as it has cost them a bit of money, I, th- I think for them it would be good business. They, I think I think everyone notices that what they were lacking was that finish at that number nine. And now with that, then they're looking like total contenders all over again. Yeah, man. Um, for a player that is that is actually about to turn, just turn 29, I think he's 29 or he is just about to turn 29. For a player, for me, it seems smart. Um, 130 million, paying 130 million pounds um, for a player that you actually let go for free. Um, basically, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but that, that that's that's just smart. We'll just leave it at that. We'll see if that progresses. Obviously, um, we have Fabrizio Romano covering that for us, man. Um, basically, we'll see how that progresses from there. But another piece of news that has come from the UK is um, Rio Ferdinand and his brother Anton Ferdinand are actually backing a consortium attempting a takeover of West Ham United. Obviously, current owners David Sullivan and David Gold have no intention of selling West Ham. Um, but Rio began his career at West Ham actually. Um, obviously, Anton also played for West Ham. It seems like um, there's, there's a little bit of a takeover attempt at West Ham. I think that there's a problem um, where the fans are complaining the club has lost a little bit of its um, culture um, since it moved to London Stadium from Upton, I think Upton Park, I think. Um, so there's also that. Um, but basically, Amrik, man, um, yeah. regarding the Lukaku news, man, what, what does that mean to you, man? Because it doesn't make sense to me, man. Actually, I want it to happen because, you know, Inter are in a very bad financial financial situation, meaning they have to make another big sale, yeah? And right now, Arsenal are also looking for striker, and there are rumors that we are, we are being linked with Lautaro Martinez. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to sign Lazaro Martinez. I just don't <laughs> like the guy. I don't. I, I don't see how he, he comes to us or improves us. For me, it's just okay. He's not the complete profile. So I'm actually hoping Lukaku to Chelsea happens and they keep Lazaro Martinez. About the value, I, I I also agree with you. It's a lot. I don't think it's worth 130 million for me. Yeah, for me, I would value him at around 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, I'll value, value him at around 90. But I'll also agree with Linus and say that they need a striker mm-hmm. and a target ban, you know, because Timo Vana is not a striker. Timo Vana is a player who needs to play off someone, right? 
So yeah. if Lukaku goes there, maybe they can get the best out of Kimo Vana, who's just bad at finishing. So I think they will make a good deal and it will help Tuchel finally solve that attacking line problem. If, if, if he can have a front three of Lukaku in the middle, Van off the left and Ziyech just floating on that false nine right wing role, they'll have a very good attack. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, um, 130 million for Lukaku is mad. Um, no, Pablo. Yeah, I hear on. you. I hear you complain about Chelsea letting him leave for free and then sending for 30 million. Is no, that's the same thing you did with Pogba when you sent him for yeah. Juventus. He left yeah, yeah. for Juventus and then came back for a hefty fee. So, yeah, but, <laughs> but so, for know, us, it, it wasn't upwards. And Pogba was by the time we signed Pogba, Pogba was I think 25. So Lukaku is is I think 29 or turning 29 soon. So it doesn't yeah, seem like the upside there. Well, it, 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 it does make sense. If, if Ken, if, if Levy is asking for a 16M for Kane and Kane is 28, yeah, I mean, then you, you're thinking, fine, Lukaku, who has been on, on you know, on, on a hot streak, could actually command a price of 130. I, th- I think it's fair. I think it's a fair price to pay for a strike but in form. But, yeah, I'm, but it, I'm also, 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 I think, I think Pogba. By the time we bought Pogba, Pogba was 23, not 25. So th- there, was, there is a lot of upside in buying Pogba at 90 million um, for that amount of money. Regardless of the fact that we, we let him go for free, but 130 is mad, man, for a 29-year-old. Yeah, Amri, uh, go on. You're about to say something. Yeah, I was also about to say that you know the thing with Lukaku. Mm. I I don't think you can put Lukaku and Kane in the same sentence because we must also remember that before Lukaku went to Inter, he was at Man United and he really struggled at Man United. So with Lukaku, you have to play to strength, right? With Harry, he fits in any system. He can play as the target man, he can run the channels, and he can play as a fourth nine. With Lukaku, I mean just one way with him you have to feed him the ball you know so yeah. that's why to me no i disagree with that i would disagree yeah. i mean especially at inter he... no, 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 no. just let me finish just let me finish i know he's improved in his older play and all ever since he went to inter but i can't say that he's the complete package okay he has that pace and that physicality but you know he has been thriving in the syria You know, the Serie A is different to the Premier League. He was asked to do the same at Man United and he could not do it. You know, that's why players like Mkhitaryan, for example, right now are thriving in the Serie A. And they could not make it in the Premier League. You know, the Premier League, he will not be afforded that much space that he's currently having at Serie A. And that's why yeah. he's had a good season. And I also knew that when he was going at Inter to play under Conte, he will do that because that league just suits him. It's the same thing with Mourinho. He's going to Syria and I think he's going to do well. Because I don't think he can live with the pace and the tactical changes that occurs in every second in the prison. So Lukaku coming to Chelsea, I'm not saying he's going to flop. Because two Chelsea system is similar to Conte. They both play a back three and they press teams and they know how to create that space in behind. So Lukaku will try when he comes to Chelsea, but I don't think it's a complete package like Harry Kane to be cut to be categorized as a 100 million plus player. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Linus gone. Yeah. Now, not only does he have the ability to hold up the ball, he also links up well because uh, he used to play alongside. Uh, he developed this technique where he received the ball on the turn and then beats his you know his defender for pace which i think is a skill that will come will prove useful uh in the premier league he also has the physicality to play in the premier league as much as you wanna say he didn't have a good season at man united and you'd say it's the same for chelsea i think at everton he was a fine player uh if you gave him the ball if you fed him the ball he would deliver and now he also has a, a layer where he can create the space for himself which again will yeah, cause yeah, you know yeah. all trouble for for players i mean i know i know he doesn't play like he doesn't like to drop deep 
but still not to say his strength lent him to be a good player for, you know in the premier league okay. yeah 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 but um yeah i think yeah I, yeah obviously um i think i think we can this debate can go on but i'll just vouch for lukaku here because um i'm a man, i'm a united fan i saw him playing but lukaku is I um I think um Hurricane is slightly better than Romelu Lukaku. I'm not going to say that Romelu Lukaku is equal to Hurricane in terms of um quality. Um I think Hurricane is just slightly better because Hurricane is I think a more like I think Lukaku is more of a target man. Um it needs a lot of respect Romelu Lukaku man. He's a player that has over 100 goals in the Premier League. That is not easy man. Um obviously Hurricane has 100 player 100 plus goals in the Premier League. So um I think he I think they are in the same category but they are not in the same level. Also regarding Man United and him having a tough season, he was top scorer for Man United in those two seasons that he played for us and in the second season it only didn't play that much but he was still top scorer for us. Um I don't think he struggled at Man at Man United. I think I just think um he came um basically to a bad situation. And um Basically I think I think we can close the pod on here unless someone else has anything else left to say because we'll debate about Lukaku um until midnight man. Yeah okay fine. I think yeah. actually uh, given the past season I'd, I'd, I'd actually make an argument for Lukaku being the better striker compared to Kane given last season but okay fine that's you know that those are arguments we'll have another another time. Yeah, but Ken, uh, Ken was top yeah. scorer, top assist in the Premier League, man. He, he had a very good season. He had a shambles Euros, but he, I think he redeemed himself in the end. Yeah, but uh, Ken has always Let been lacking in mentality for me. I mean, he's not a okay. he, he's not a big player. No, he's not a big match player type of guy, which again might be nitpicky, but still, I think Lukaku can introduce that to a squad. He can do that. You know that energy, that big man type of type of guy. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Amrik, say something before before you close out the pod. Let me just add this on Lukaku. I mean, in my opinion, if you want to know if somebody is a top top striker, you should be able to see how he plays for both his national team and his club. And Harry Kane is a player who leads the line on his own, right? Mm-hmm. At Tottenham. He's both the goal scorer and the creator. Mm-hmm. But when you go to Lukaku, he's a player who needs to play off somebody or he's a player who needs to link up with somebody. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. when when you go to Belgium, okay, he plays as the target man. But there are two people who play close to him. Either Dries yeah. Martens, De Bruyne or what is his name? Okay, he basically he, he basically plays in a 3-4-3 formation for both club and country. So you can see it's just that yeah. one system that can get the best out of him. But Harry yeah. Kane can fit in in any system. So yeah, I don't think there is yeah. any way you can compare the two players. Harry Kane is vastly superior to Lukaku. Yeah, I think, I think I think the two players Yeah, I think I think Harry Kane is a is a more complete player than than Romelu Lukaku, but I think Lukaku is very disrespected as a player. Um I'm not saying that Kane is better. I'm just saying that they're in the same category but um on different levels. I think Kane is slightly is slightly better because he's more complete. Um so I agree with you on that man and now that we've reached a consensus um This has been the end of the podcast. This has been actually very interesting, man. This was more heated than I, I would actually have expected when we were starting the podcast. Um Linus is a Tottenham fan. Um Ambrick is an Arsenal fan that didn't come up at all, but surprisingly the division had to be Harry Kane and Lukaku, so that's <laughs> that's funny. Um but basically this has been the podcast for you guys. This has been TWP transfers. Um basically supports the podcast. Before, before you end, let me let me just mention uh piece of business by Juventus. Yeah, uh, so this is this, this is for, you know, all football managers, football manager lovers out there and uh Juventus have signed Santos striker Caio Jorge who if you've played the game, if 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 you've played football manager, you'd know he's a wonder kid. Apple yeah. are looking forward to, you know, seeing him burst into the scene and I think him at Juventus will be a player you'd like to look out for mm-hmm. as the next 
big thing on the scene. So yeah. Yeah, I think, I think also some news regarding football manager. I think Man United have also um rescinded their rights um from football manager. So it seems like football manager will have to rename the the team and everything. So there's also a little bit of that to, to football manager as well. Um but as I was saying, um thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I think it's at the almost it's over an hour now. Um thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um share it to your friends, um share the links, basically tweet us out, um follow the pod on Twitter at thirdworldpod, follow me on Twitter at Pablo Conero. Um basically follow the pod on Instagram as well at 3rd world perspective um Linus is not on the socials um uh, so you have you actually helping us to share the the the, the links will help us get Linus on the socials um Linus's terms is that the pod needs needs to get to 100,000 plays um at the moment we're nearing 1,300 plays so um you guys actually sharing the links will actually help us get to that goal and actually getting Linus on Twitter and on Instagram because um just right man Amrik um your twitter handle i forget your twitter handle yeah it's just at amrik07 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 yeah 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 man yeah, I, i i had it i had it i, I actually um thought it was the wrong one but uh, amrik07 yeah you can follow amrik on twitter at amrik07 and um, this has been the podcast we also have our listener support segment you can support the podcast with as little as a dollar um share the podcast um basically if you enjoy it man um show us some love man this has been the end of the podcast um we'll see you guys in the next one yeah bye yeah bye 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 <laughs>